On this episode of The Stack, we talk about the LinkedIn algorithm, must-have features for e-commerce sites, and YouTube ranking factors. Hey everyone, welcome back to the episode or to a new episode of The Stack. This is episode number 64. What is today? July 16th? July 16th. That sounds yeah. about right. Um if you're new to the show, each week we go over interesting news in the marketing and tech world and give you things you should pay attention to and action items for you to implement for your website or content strategy or social media marketing, any kind of yeah. anything we pick up throughout the week. Um, I'm Ryan Svester. I'm Tim Staberski. And we are Seanless this week. We are Seanless. He said, today's the stack. Too bad. Yeah. No, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Sean's a busy guy. Um, so just Tim and I this week. How you doing, Tim? Um, I am I am well, other than the fact that my voice randomly just like keeps frogging Cuts out. out. Yeah. Um, so if I am in the middle of a sentence today on the stack, um, and I just go away, I apologize, but life, it happens. Yeah. Um so let's just get right into it. The first article this week is titled, What's in your LinkedIn feed? People you know, talking about things you care about. And I feel we we talk about Facebook a lot, Instagram occasionally, and algorithms and such. We actually have two different articles on algorithms today. And um, the LinkedIn one really mirrors Facebook. Yeah. And it's, you know, it the article itself dives deep into, you know, what is surfacing in your newsfeed and, and things like that. But... Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is making a push to just make your newsfeed more relevant and show the types of content you interact with most. And uh, a big part of this algorithm update, I don't even know if you can call it an update, but pulls from the information that you directly or when you're directly communicating with other members on LinkedIn. So if you're having a direct conversation with Tim Staberski, things that he likes and shares and everything like that is going to surface the most, which makes sense, I guess. You're going to start seeing stuff about cats, coffee, and cats. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, excuse me, we actually just published or, or created um, a social media pre-publishing checklist, which you guys should check out. It's in the, uh, we'll include a link in the show notes. I'm telling Ryan. Is it published? Well, the checklist is. Oh. The blog post isn't. Okay. I was gonna but say. the checklist is there. You guys can, you know, feel free to download and use it. And it's essentially um it's essentially just something you can consult before you publish to any of the major social networks, um, so that you're 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 being sure that the content you are putting out there is content that the algorithm likes. Um, because each of the algorithms likes and values different things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're including external links, that's probably a bad thing for, across the board. If you're including native video, that's probably a good thing across the board. Um, one thing that's really interesting about LinkedIn, which we have in there, which Ryan mentioned, is the fact that the, the LinkedIn algorithm relies a lot, like a lot, on it surfaces information relevant to who you are based on who you tell LinkedIn you are. Right. So if you work in a certain industry, you're just naturally going to see content from other people in your network that work also in that industry or from you know, trendsetters, whoever you Maybe, follow, you know, yeah. who you follow Leaders in the industry. Of the industry. Yeah. Um, 
So if you're if you find that you're not if you, if as a user of LinkedIn, if you find that you're not um, seeing relevant content, see what you've put in your profile and see if there's anything that you can change. On the one hand, just as a as a user, um, but on the other hand, really think about who you are connecting with. Um, think about the the strategies there. If if you want your con- let's say you're using LinkedIn as a, as a a sales tactic, like you 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 connect with prospects um, and try to build a relationship with them. Um, doing that, you know, actually connecting with them on LinkedIn, uh, starting a conversation with them on LinkedIn increases the likelihood, and then publishing relevant content to LinkedIn, that all increases the likelihood that that content will surface in their feed, reinforcing to them that, okay, yes, you are an expert. Maybe you're someone they should turn to. Just as yeah. you know, one use case. Um Going back to one point that you said, you know, it may include like photos or videos or links or anything like that. And I don't think that I I didn't it doesn't say explicitly, but I I can assume that LinkedIn doesn't put as harsh of a penalty on posts that include links. It it, they don't because right they still do, but they don't they don't right because it's it's meant to be like hey here's professional articles outside of the platform, but um. But yeah, it, there's a little blurb in here that says posts generally have some text and can also include a link or piece of media such as an article, video, images, or job post, which is unlike a lot of the other algorithms that we see. So yeah, well, yeah, job posting especially that's a that's a big thing on LinkedIn, yeah. obviously. Um, but a good point. I want to read another um, little snippet here. It says your LinkedIn feed is made up of the conversations happening across your professional communities, among connections in the groups you've joined, and people's pay. pay People, pages, and hashtags that you follow to decide what goes at the top. We use we use look at who who's talking. That's a bad sentence, but anyways, you get the point. Like it's it's looking at all the the different communities and people that you follow to, yeah. to service that content. So the takeaway here is to if you're not seeing relevant content, then go follow relative content or communicate with people that are in your industry and and make those connections. And yeah, and then similarly. As, you know, if you want to get in front of people, right? The exactly. same, the same general the advice. Side. But the, the 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 focus should be on conversations. Yes. Um, just yeah. you know, actually having a conversation with someone, um, and being engaged with them or with the general community or the audience. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can do that, but that'll increase the likelihood that you'll get in front of their eyeballs, and make some money. Awesome. Um, there's sauce. other there's awesome other sauce. tips and tricks in that article, so definitely give it a read. Just ignoring me. Sorry, what'd you say? Is it awesome sauce? No. Uh, next one comes from Search Engine Journal, Holly Gary, titled 15 Must-Have Features for E-Commerce Sites. The reason I pulled this is because we have some e-commerce site clients that aren't doing these things, but I do want to spike on one thing. So this article goes through things like you being user-friendly, um, high-resolution photos and videos, user-generated reviews, but what it doesn't spike out and what we have used or what I have implemented personally for an e-commerce site is workflows via HubSpot. And one of the things that we implemented was a abandoned cart email and it ended up generating them so far for the year after three, uh, an email drip of three different emails, $46,000. So all of these things are great. I just, I wish that they had added this to the list and that's why I added it to the show notes. But um, if you're running an e-commerce site and you're having trouble with some conversions, 
you may want to check this article out because it does give some interesting tips and tricks. One that I particularly liked was the um, the wish list feature. And I know that Am- there's two different Amazon examples in here, but I know that Amazon does it really well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So if, and the reason I like it so much is because you're giving someone the opportunity to build up a list of your own products while they are likely they likely need to create account. So that way you already have their information, you have their list and you can send them emails like reminder emails. Hey, you know, you still have a wish list, you still have this wish list full of stuff or Hey, we are going to give you a 20% off coupon for this item that we know you have on your list and it can, can it can encourage some more purchases. What do you think, Tim? I'm not in my head. Okay. I'm not in my head. No, I mean, Amazon Amazon is like the leader for this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think just in general, like these are all um, for all of the, all of the tips in here. They're kind of like sort of obvious to us as like full-time marketers. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're not a full-time marketer, if you're, if you're a business selling products and just, you know, online happens to be one of your venues, you might not think about all these things. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's good to refresh yourself on what those best practices are, how you can include them. My web, my, my computer just went away. Oh, it came back. Um, you know, how can you optimize your content? Well, how can you make sure that your website displays well on, on mobile versus on desktop, uh, to Ryan's point, what, you know, what buttons can you push from a, a user perspective or from a, I don't want to say manipulation, but from, from a, you know, a manipulative, a little bit of a manipulative um, perspective to increase, uh, encourage the the checkout um, offering, you know, a reminder <clears throat> through drip emails is a great example uh, allowing the creation of a wish list is a great example. And that also gives you valuable insight that you can use just to, to form your, your, your product offerings. Um, like there's a lot of, a lot of great, um, insight here. So I think it's a cool article. Definitely check it out. Um, what's this last one here? Ooh, also in here, um, which I don't think we mentioned, but the related items section too is, is that's when I was, that was the second one I was going to mention. Yeah. yeah. Like that one's also just pretty spot on. Like if someone, if you know that someone who buys X almost like, you know, 90% of the time buys Y help your customers realize that. Yeah. There's, um, there are a couple apps. Um, I think it's called Bold Bold E-commerce. I think it's. I don't know if it's specific for Shopify, but um, you can manually create related items, or you can let the AI bot create them for you. So it'll just take information from previous purchases or future purchases and make these lists. But um, I'd, I'd have to find the study again. But I remember reading a study about people are you know whatever percent more likely to purchase a related item if it's presented to them after they add something to their cart exactly like Amazon does and they're just much more likely to buy. Yeah. Um, so there's apps out there. I don't know if, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I think, I think that's the only one I know. Um, anyways, uh, last one, how the YouTube algorithm works or why your videos aren't getting views. This is by, Oh God. Amir I apologize. Jafari. All right. There you go. I didn't want to mess it up. Um, <laughs> this is actually for the Shopify blog, which, I thought interesting that they would put something on there like this. Um, so as we know, all social platform algorithms are ever changing. And um, Google actually released a research paper that outlined the specific ways videos get ranked and what ranking factors will make them surface to more viewers and, and so on and so forth. And Shopify actually does a great job of breaking it down and explaining um, 
this the seven different signals. And there's only out of those seven signals, I can't remember. I think there's only two that you can control. The others are left up to whoever's watching your videos. So it really is all up to the user. And um, but but. There are things technically that, that's all in your control too. Because if you really understand your user, right, you can create content that they'll want to engage with. There's something annoying in here that I don't like. Is it me? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in in this research paper, I'll just touch on one of the points that they say is there. So you know when you go to YouTube and you might be looking for like a tutorial. Yesterday I was doing, I was trying to figure out After Effects for some reason, and I was looking for tutorials. And there's these big, colorful thumbnail images for the videos and like the, someone's face is like really up close to the camera and there's like a big banner. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I hate those. <laughs> and they they suggest them in in this um in this article, which I get cuz a big ranking factor <clears throat> that they go through is click through rate and obviously time or uh duration of you know watching the video and yeah. stuff like that. But one of I mean one of the big things that I think people don't really think of when they think of YouTube is um, like when you're uploading a, a video to YouTube it, in a lot of ways it's like uploading a blog post to your website like there are just there are certain things you should always do um, to increase the likelihood that people are going to find it not only through YouTube but also through Google yeah. um, like optimize your title for for the search engine you know yeah. limit your limit your your character count to 60 ish characters limit your limit the most important part of your description to about 156 characters yeah. um always include a link back to your website so that there's a path back to your business um include um a high resolution image regardless of whether it's a tacky banner or just a photo of your beautiful face uh, like make sure it's high quality make sure it fits the specifications which i think is like it's close to your standard yeah, 1200 I'm, by 600 I'm, I'm not sure yeah um because, I mean, more and more, I mean, if, if you haven't been seeing videos surfaced on your Google results, then I don't know, I don't know why, but I see them every single day yep. when I do a search. There's a video, and if you can be that video for an organic search in Google, the same things are going to apply. You're going to increase your click-through rate. You're going to increase your your minutes watched or whatever the metric, the actual metric is, is termed, and, and you're going to surface more across the board. They also talk about um, being consistent and not only it's, it's like a blog post, like being consistent in your publishing and also being consistent in your format. And they, they point out a really good example of this in one of my personal favorite channels. Um, the channel is first we feast. And I don't know, Tim, have you ever watched those with Sean Evans? I know I've heard the title. I just, I'm not sure. Yeah. Basically what it is, is this, this gentleman invites famous celebrities that need to promote something onto his show and they eat really, really hot chicken wings and they try to ask oh, questions. I thought and, that was called hot ones. Well, it, or the, is that the show? The, the show is hot ones, but I gotcha. think I'm pretty that. sure like the parent I channel is first. We okay. Anyways, they do like, if you watch that and if you watch multiple videos, they stick to the same format. They do a really good job. Like, their quality is really good. Their description is really good. All that stuff. So um, if you need someone to, to show you the path, definitely check them out. I mean, there's other examples out there too, but um, there's a lot of little goodies in this article to yeah. help you with your YouTube stuff. And again, if you'd like a quick actionable checklist, you should download our 
social media pre-publishing checklist, which will have two links in the show notes. Two links. Probably not, but it'll be in there. It'll be there somewhere. Um, Anything else for that one, Tim? No. Okay. This brings us to the app of the week. Do you want to explain it? You want me to explain it? I use it. I use it. You do use it more. I mean, it's. I think it's pretty straightforward. But go for it. Yeah. So, SparkToro trending specifically is a tool offered by SparkToro, and SparkToro is a company started by Rand Fishkin, and I forget the other guy's name, and I should know it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Rand Fishkin, uh, formerly the founder of Moz, uh, had left and started this company, and I the goal. I forget the goal of the actual company, but I, the SparkToro trending is um, is a place where you can go to see all of the things that top marketers and influencers in the industry are talking about and sharing on Twitter. And the feed refreshes fifteen every fifteen minutes, so four times an hour, and you get like the most updated information. And it's also a place where I go to build our show notes <laughs> because you know, and not that. Not everything comes out of here, but there are some just interesting, even if they're small little articles that get surfaced here. And I check it periodically throughout the day just to make sure that I'm on top of things. But definitely a cool tool. If you're trying, if you're just starting out and and you want to learn about like maybe a Google algorithm change or an update to the robots.txt, you know, guidelines or anything like that, this is a really good place to go if you're not really familiar with who's leading us in the marketing industry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great tool. Um, the, the spark tour training just to, to know, to always know what's like going on. Um, there are some, and just to, to touch on, like there are some other cool free tools, um, offered by the website, the, the way that the, so spark Toro is a great example of a website that, um, is trying to provide value free value to their users before actually before, launching a yeah, product. Um, because, or getting links. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They, they've they launched one, two, three, three free, completely free um, tools to use. And they're, they're helpful tools. Um, and in the course of a year, they've already built their site authority up to like, you know, the level that it would typically take most businesses a couple of years. Um, some other tools that they use uh, that they, they've launched are a fake followers audit which will let you see how many um, of your, uh, I almost said LinkedIn, how many of your Twitter followers are like bots or just not real accounts, which could be helpful. Um, There's trending, which we spoke to, and there's a spark score, which is, um, it's a way of seeing, it ties back into that first tool. It's a way of seeing like what your real sort of reach is on, um, on Twitter. Kind of reminds me of clout. If you guys remember clout back in the day, Ryan was a baby, so he probably doesn't. But clout was your social score, and it looked at on the web to see what your your clout was. You know, um, there. I just read that book, The Circle. Oh yeah, that has all those like scores in it and stuff like that. And I just got a score from HubSpot the other day because I added to a forum. Ooh. So I felt very taken over. Um, but just because we mentioned what SparkToro as a parent company is planning to do, I just want to clarify that a little bit um, because it is. It, you know, we're excited about the tool. I know Sean was just uh, entered into the beta, so he's pretty excited about that. Um, but it's essentially going to be a tool to help marketers and businesses um, identify who their audience is and like what they care about. So it'll tell you what kind of like what are the videos they're watching. Um, you know, what do they listen to? 
in terms of, you know, whether it's music or podcasts, what books are they reading? Um, who do they follow on their various social accounts and where do they, you know, where do they, um, hang out like a, like physical location. Like it, it's a, it's a data aggregator essentially that'll pull information based on how you define your audience. Um, so it'll be a powerful tool for sure, but, and a big, but there is it, it, it kind of, well, not kind of, it absolutely requires you to know who your audience is. Um, because if you don't know who your audience is, one, not likely to be in business for long, but two, you're not gonna be able to build a profile on the site and get like real valuable, um, insights from it. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be really helpful, especially for us during our like persona development process, which is something we do, um, constantly for all of our clients. Um, this will be a great, a great additional resource to turn to. So super amped about it. Cool. Amped. Amped up. What's that word you use a lot? Oh, it's electric. Electric. Yeah. Some people don't like that though. Huh? Some people don't like that though. Electric? Yeah, they don't like that word. Anyways. Right. Uh, uh, it's a lightning round? Lightning round. Uh, oh, um, link in the show notes. Oh, yes. Number one, Alexa, Google Home, now battling perception of being surveillance devices. Oh yeah. Like three months ago, four months ago when everyone started reading news articles, all the news articles, all the news sites started putting out articles about the, your devices listening to you. And it took four months for the, the companies to respond, but they're responding. That's good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, number two, 26 cheat sheets. Every successful digital marketer needs It's actually kind of helpful. Yeah. There's some cool ones in there. But number 27, which didn't make it on the list, is our <laughs> social media pre-publishing checklist. <laughs> only available at pepperlandmarketing.com. Link in the show notes. <laughs> uh, number three, YouTube introduces new ways for channels to make money. And it's basically their rivaling... That's a word, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rivaling Twitch, if you're not familiar. Do you know what Twitch is? Yeah. Don't they yeah. own Twitch, though? I don't know. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I thought they... Maybe Microsoft, maybe Microsoft owns Twitch. I don't know who owns Twitch. But anyways, uh, Spotify, YouTube, and others get reimagined as retro anime tech. This is, uh, there's no information here. It was just cool. Like they they created like Spotify into like an old disc player, which okay. was cool. All right. Nothing informational there. Microsoft Teams overtakes Slack with 13 million daily users. That's interesting to me. Especially Prim since Slack just went public. Well, primarily just because I've used Microsoft Teams in the past. And it, it okay, it was like five years ago, but I hated it. It was like, it was like AOL Instant Messenger made worse um, somehow. So I guess they did something right if it's doing better now. I've never used it. So it, I mean, it's the same premise as Slack. Um. And number six, podcast advertising revenues will surpass $1 billion by 2021. Yeah, which is pretty. Give us those sponsors. <laughs> it's just, it's, that's, a, that's, that's a big number. What, do you remember what they said the number was for this year? Some, it expected to be like $600 million or something like that? I actually just wrote about it in our most recent blog post. Cool. And uh, you can check it out, actually. Did you publish on. that? Yeah, it's published. Oh. Hey. Um, cool. Oh, that yeah. was the one you did last week. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I actually have that number right here. Hang on one second. I am just clicking on the link here. I was okay. clicking on the links. Last, uh, 2018 was 325 million. So I think this year it's projected to be around 600 million, um, which is a factor of almost two. Right. And then next year, we double be, that. Yeah. It would just, yeah. It, that's just crazy growth. Um, yeah. so clearly people are 
listening to podcasts. And if you're listening to podcasts and listening to this one, you should like comment and share, um, leave us a review, leave us a review and come back next week. And every week thereafter until we die. (laughs) (laughs) I will see you guys next week.